got eight startup companies from all over the world to move to Bergen in Norway for three months. Here, they will receive the help they need to grow. Joining them is also Aquaspark, a global investment fund specialized in aquaculture. This is TechFisk, the podcast about technology and research in the seafood industry. My name is Camilla Odland, and normally the TechFisk podcasts are done in Norwegian, with a new one each Friday. In this special edition for the Introfish.com listeners, I am joined by Dealflow Manager Tom Prince in Aquaspark and Development Director George Baunach at Hatch. Yeah, so so Aquaspark is a very mission-driven fund, right? So the founders of Aquaspark have a sort of shared passion for ocean conservation. And out of that passion, they figured that what was really needed in order to, you know, like release that pressure from the oceans and, and, and feed a growing world population, they, they found that what was missing was an investment platform to invest in sustainable aquaculture. And that's um, why they decided to, to start Aquaspark. And what kind of companies have uh, Aquaspark invested in so far? Mm, yeah, so, so we invest all across the aquaculture value chain, right? So we invest from feed ingredients to farming operations to market access as well. Um, so far, we have 12 companies in the portfolio, really co- across the spectrum, um, across the world and across geographies as well. Um, t- so to give you a couple of examples, we've invested in you know, solving the industry's challenges, right? So we've got two companies in the portfolio that provide alternatives to fish meal. One company um, called Protix from the Netherlands producing insect ingredients. Um, and another company called Callista from the United, United States producing single-cell proteins also with the potential to replace fish meal from aqua diets. Um, th- and that's just one example of where we've sort of made a great effort of improving current practices in the industry. Now, if you look at the wider portfolio, we've also got great farming operations in the portfolio. So we've got a farm here in Norway called Sonaqua Farming Halibut. We've got an Arctic char farm on Iceland, a land-based Arctic char farm uh, on Iceland, um, which is also like a best-in-class farming operation. So we really look for best-in-class farming operations. And you also in- invested in Hatch. And Georg, what did that mean to you? For us, um, Aquaspark is a really strategic investor. Them investing in the cohort means they we have access to their network, which, as Tom explained, is is global, and it's they're connected to a lot of experts in the industry through their work over the last couple of years. And for us, that's tremendously valuable because we can pass that on to to our startups. We can we can have a quick call and you know like discuss a particular technology or a particular market and. For us, that network and that experience really helps our startups and and us, and I think is a strong partner for us. It's it's from my perspective the the largest venture capitalist in aquaculture, with a global footprint. And we want to be global. We want to be aquaculture, and it's uh, I think we fit in really well in the in their value chain because they invest Series B, Series A. They want to. They want to have at least some some revenue and more established company than we work with. So our mission is to build companies up to a point where they, if they want to take investment in, um, can go to Aquaspark and an attractive uh, investment opportunity. And right now you have 
eight companies here in Bergen and they've been here since Easter and staying on for three months. So how has it been so far? It has been a hell of a ride. <laughs> so we, we these eight companies come from seven different nations. So just getting them here was a um, bit of a logistical challenge, but we managed well, I think, and it's it's really awesome to to have you know, companies from all over the world here with their knowledge from their home markets, with their different culture, with their different approach to 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 things. So for us, it's 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 intense, mm, it's it's tiring, but I think it's it's. A lot of fun and super rewarding to to work with them and see them develop in a really short amount of time and we can clearly see where they were when we took them in when we when we looked at them before we accepted them and now we are 31 days into the program and i think we we see some really good progress and that's really giving you know we were building up that place here and preparing everything and dealing with investors and so on and so forth and then at some point we we started working with them and that's what we really want to do and it's a lot of fun and how's the feedback from the participants so far i think overall it's great like we we some said in the already after the first week we hey, we developed more than we did in the last three months um which is exactly what we want to do as an accelerator right and we we know that some startups is just they felt like they're thrown in a in a in a cold bucket in in the beginning and now they see why and where it's leading to and i think they really understand the value of of this location here in bergen which is from an from a startup perspective, a little bit off the radar, but I think from an aquaculture perspective, really the place to be. And then just the program itself, I, I think we had really, really good, um, great mentors coming in. And I think that that really, that was good for, for the startups. And I think we, we feel a really good vibe. And you met them uh, yesterday. What's your impression? Yeah, I mean it's 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 been incredible. So so I spent the day with the teams yesterday. I first did a sort of a mentor session where I um, basically told them everything about AquaSpark. I explained them how we work. I, I you know we we talked about how investors look at companies and gave them some tips about raising funds and all that. But what's been fascinating to me is that they're so motivated. These companies are so dedicated to, you know, making their companies a success. They're making the longest hours I've ever seen, probably. So, like, they're, they're all the first ones in the office in the morning, and they're staying till late at night. They're just, you know, some of them working the clock around, really, you know. They're just so dedicated to getting their products out there and developing their products and sort of finding their niche and have a market for their product. And you said you gave them tips about investment or investors and what they look for. And what do you look for when you want to invest in a company? Yeah, so so there's a couple of things that, that we look for, right? We, um, like George said, we're a typical Series A investor, meaning that we come in at a, a kind of later stage than what these companies typically are at at the moment. Um, we look for a strong proof of concept, right? So if you're if you're developing a technology, we want to see a strong proof that the technology or the service actually works. Um, for us, that also include, includes proof of market. So we want to see that you have a certain traction in the market that you target. Um, and then further, I mean, it's it's a people's game, right? So we want to see strong management. We, we look for the people, like we look for great skills, we look for great talents, we look for passionate people, passionate entrepreneurs that are, that are running a business um, in which they're very committed, also financially preferably, right? So we look for talented and committed entrepreneurs. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, and in, in terms of stage, you know, we have 90% of our capital avail available for, you know, those companies that have strong proof of concept, but we also have a little bit available. So 10% of our capital basically is available for more early stage um, companies. Um, and that, you know, typically includes companies that have this very disruptive technology they're working on. And how much do you invest in each company? What percentage or how much money? Yeah. So, so we invest basically everything between 250,000 euros and 5 million euros as the initial investment. Um, and in return for that, we you know, ask for 20 to 49% of the company's shares um, as well as a board seat. Now, this, this is the initial investment, but we, you know, we are a long-term strategic and financial partners, so we also do follow-on investments in our companies. Um, and these follow-on investments also can range between sort of that spectrum that I mentioned. And does it pay off so far? <laughs> I can't I really comment on that, but our companies are doing very well. <laughs> They're doing very well, yeah. Yeah, but what do you expect from your companies in return from the investment? In, in terms of performance, I mean, we, we expect them to be very dedicated. You know, we expect them to, to give it their best and we, we expect them to eventually, you know, provide a market rate return. You know, so we, we, we look for market rate returns compared to the rest of the seafood industry, seafood industry and preferably better, of course. And so you both work with kind of young companies in the aquaculture. Do you see any trends in what the young companies now focus on, Georg? Yes, I think there's clearly a trend to to using more data on the farm. I think it was overlooked maybe for a while. It was that, especially in the salmon industry, it was something that the that the engineering companies would provide, and it has also low barrier to entry. So I can I can start coding and I can ask someone to provide me with data, or I can build a sensor or some other hardware device and and get started so i think there's definitely there's definitely a trend there if you look at southeast asia we see crowdfunding models for for farming more i think business model innovations yeah i think and of course there are the typical ones insect um, based proteins algaes but they are they are there for a while how about you yeah, well, the same same as yours. I mean, those are really legit trends that we're seeing as well. In addition to that, I think we see some sort of geographical diversification in, in the deal flow that we get in, right? So we we see that certain countries are really picking up in terms of production. So we see, for example, you know, great farming operations coming out of Brazil all of a sudden. You know, we didn't have a lot of deal flow from Brazil. Now all of a sudden that is really picking up. What we also see is that China is really opening up. You know, China has always been this like black box in terms of, aquaculture right like the far majority of, of produce comes from that country basically but not a lot of people actually knew a lot about it and now that is really opening up so we learn more about the producers we learn more about the practices in the country but we also see that a lot of the startups here in europe or in north america are actually targeting the chinese market i think if i can jump in on that we originally expected to to have in this current cohort almost only North American and European startups. We have three startups now from the states, uh, from from Asia, including from India, Indonesia, and Thailand. And I think for for us, it was really good to see 
that traditionally there was the R&D institutes in Europe and the States providing new external innovation to, to the industry. But now we really have a, people that know their markets coming up with solutions, which I think is a really good combination. And here in Norway, it's salmon farming. That's the big thing. You have any advice for the salmon farmers here, what they should like kind of focus on or the, how to pick up on new trends? Uh, Tom? I, I mean, embrace innovation. Like there's so, if you just walk around there, there's so many smart kids working on great products and services. Like embrace innovation. Like be very active in engaging with the startup community. There's just so much great stuff going on. If you look at the feed side, if you look at like digitalization, uh, you know, improved farm management, uh you know diagnostic tools like there's so much innovative stuff going on like for the for the big salmon corporates like you know engage with these startups i think what tom said take your problem let the community of entrepreneurs um, know about it and then work with them to to solve it i think traditionally the suppliers of the industry are more open to innovation because the the salmon farmers they have a tough job and they need to focus on on farming salmon right and i understand that but with a couple of new technologies like land-based farming lab-grown fish or something there's a potential to really disrupt that and then the high barrier of having the concession is not is not protective anymore so if we talk about disruptive innovation, then I think there's a high need for, for some or there's a high risk for some informers to get disrupted. So then a high need to work with completely new technologies. Otherwise, I think it's more the suppliers that bring in the new, you know, smaller step innovations into into the industry. And you've worked in Bergen for a while now. Have you seen this open mindedness uh, um, with the participants or the companies here in Bergen? So. I think here in Bergen, the, one of the reasons that we came is that the seafood innovation cluster exists here, which in itself is already a message saying, yeah, we, we want to embrace innovation. And that that is, is a really good organization and for us a really, really strong partner. Then I think in working here, it's a bit more challenging to engage with the farmers, I would say, than with the suppliers. I don't know if this is because we have more value to the supplies than we have to the farmers or if it's just because the farmers are more more busy. Um, we will see. And uh, the final question, you as an investor, where do you see the greatest opportunities right now? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, so the greatest opportunities are definitely in, in solving the main industry's challenges, right? So um, disease battling, you know, uh, transparency throughout supply chains digitalization, um, increasing production in Norway, uh, that might be true, moving to land, you know, that might be true, moving offshore or close containment, like those are all opportunities that we see uh, coming up increasingly as well. Um, yeah, I mean, so, so, so there's a lot of opportunities mainly related to, you know, solving the industry's challenges. I mean, if you look at feed alone, you know, like we're looking for protein alternatives, but we're also looking for oil alternatives, you know, but there's also, you know, a lot of opportunities in, in, in pre and probiotics, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, thank you both very much. <laughs> thank you. Thank Thanks you for having us. You have now listened to TechFisk, the podcast about technology and research in the seafood industry. If you want to hear more, you will find TechFisk in your podcast app. You can also visit techfisk.no.